Connecting to the big show. In three, two, one. We are saying as long as there is breath in our bodies, we will not forget you. If we don't deal with this issue now, the problem will get bigger. The lack of empathy. These women need to get over themselves. We're the one for Cork and ready to talk. Can we just talk? Call 1850-715-996. Text or WhatsApp 083-396-9696. Email opinion at 96fm.ie. The lines are live. Let's kickstart the conversation. This is The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. On Cork's 96FM. Okay, team, we have done this before. This morning, you become our production team all of you if there's something you think we need to know if there's something you think other listeners need to know you know where we are 083 396 96 96 text to whatsapp feel free to send a whatsapp voice note 1850 715 996 is the number and the email if you want to send us photos is opinion at 96fm.ie it is a lively one there's been a lull somewhat in the last hour or so but don't be fooled by that and we'll check up with the weather forecasters later also going to pop down to West Cork see how bad the situation is in Bantry pretty bad flooding down there but shortly before I came on air I spoke with David Joyce Director of Services at the City Council David Joyce I know you're on your way into a meeting it's been a busy morning already but the flooding was the first wave if you like it came and went fairly quickly did it do much damage? It didn't do any damage, PJ. We've been out since early morning um, monitoring the flood and seeing how, how it progressed. Um, it's as predicted. Uh, there was a lot of wet roads across the city, all the low-lying quays. For example, um, Wansford Quay, Union Quay and Morrison's Island were all closed this morning. Um, Lavitz Quay and South Mall remained passable, but only one lane was open. We're not aware of any property damage, so there has been a lot of water on the roads. But because high tide has passed, that water has already begun to recede. And in about 20 minutes, you'll find all that water will be gone off of the streets of the city. Now the next phase is the wind. Well, it's been with us since the early hours, but it's going to get worse before it gets better. A lot worse, in fact. It, it is, and I think this is an important point, and I would like to make an important point to your listeners, that um, there is a number of hazards across today. The first one, as you mentioned, was the tidal flooding, and that has passed without incident. But that doesn't mean that this is over. People need to understand that there is a a red warning from a wind perspective that came into force at 6 a.m. this morning and will stay in force until 9 p.m. this evening. And it's important that people don't make unnecessary trips. People need to think before they act. They need to remember that when you ring for help, it's not Batman who comes to the rescue. It's the men and women of Cork City Council, Cork City Fire Brigade, Cork City Civil Defence and Garda Shirkon and Defence Forces. So please act responsibly, make responsible decisions and don't take risks and go out during the red warning. Effectively, David, the instruction is if you can stay at home, stay at home. Yes. Um, it might seem benign. You might look out your window, but you'll go a couple of miles down the road and there could be trees, debris, and flash flooding from streams that have burst their banks because of the poor weather. So we would advise everybody, stay at home if you'd all possibly can, until 9pm this evening. I know your emergency committee is meeting. The next update will be when? Mid-morning? We're, we're meeting at half past eight, at 10 o'clock and half past 12. And we'll meet again throughout the afternoon. So we're constantly engaging with the National Department of Fire and Emergency Management, with Meta Aaron, with Angarda Shia Kona, 
um, across the day and we'll be continually meeting and updating and evaluating the situation. I suppose from, from our perspective, the most important thing over the next number of hours is to understand what damage has been done across the city by the wind and then when appropriate going out after the red warning has been lifted and uh, resolving those issues as they come in throughout the day. If people do have a situation that they need help with, where can they contact? If it's an emergency situation, they should contact uh, the emergency services through the normal emergency numbers of 999 or 911. Um, uh, But if um, it is a non-emergency situation, somebody wants to report, for example, a branch down in a public park or a branch down in a green area or something that isn't an emergency but does need to be addressed, they should ring the city council we have our uh, call centre, we have our customer care agents, um, a customer service unit online. They'll be on from 7am this morning until 7pm this evening taking calls. And the number to ring is 021-492-4000. That's 021-492-4000. David, I'll leave it there. Thank you for being with us. Thank you very much, PJ. I spoke to David earlier. Let's pop live downtown to Moraid Tuig. Moraid, where are you, girl? Good morning. <laughs> Good morning, PJ. I'm currently being blown away on Grand Parade. They're just heading up towards the ferry. It's still up anyway, so all is good. Um, it's a very quiet city this morning. Reminiscent of maybe four oh, you're, you're, Can you get, can you get into a doorway or something, Moraid? Get away from that wind. <laughs> One second there now. I'll just jump in behind this wall. <laughs> I'm currently running PJ with me, my transport. <laughs> okay. It's, yeah, it, it so it's, it's, the city's very, city's very quiet, very windy. It's the floods have gone back, though. They have, yeah, they have. So it's, it's on the low-lying parts, you know, there's still some um, water there, but nothing. Um, I came up Oliver Plunkett Street, nothing there. Up by the GPO, nothing there. So all looks good. It's just really, really quiet. Most stores closed and it's the safest option, you know, staff not travelling and in turn customers not travelling then. So yeah, very, very quiet uh, city centre. Not what you'd expect, I suppose, in the run up to Christmas, no. but it's better to be to be safe than sorry, of course. Indeed, Maureen, if you come across anything, do stay in touch with us. Thank you for that. That's Maureen Tuig uh, down on the streets. Very quiet streets. Uh, thankfully, the floods have receded. The wind is your next problem. There's a lull in some parts at the moment. Don't be taken taken in by that lull. All planned inpatient and outpatient appointments and procedures at CUH Bantry and the Mallow Hospital have been cancelled today as a result of the storm warning. Aldi shut all its stores in Clare, Cork and Kerry. Uh, I think actually most of the Tesco's are closed as well. A lot of the Duns are gone. There wasn't a loaf of bread to be had last night. It was funny. Uh, yet the vaccination centres and testing centres across Cork and Kerry. They're closed. Appointments will be rescheduled. Please do not travel. On the subject of driving, if you have to drive, if you have to drive, your car insurance is valid. But exercise caution. Don't take risks. If you do, it could be considered contributory negligence. That's from motoring journalist Jar Herbert. Best advice, though, do not make any unnecessary journeys. Uh, Ryanair, the Stansted Cork flight has diverted to Shannon, was not able to land uh, at 8.40. A lot of early morning flights were cancelled. Ryanair cancelled. Uh, Ryanair did go to Birmingham at uh, 5 to 8. They're making a decision on the rest of their schedule. Aer Lingus cancelled its early morning flights uh, to Amsterdam and indeed from Heathrow into Cork. We've a lot of people without power 1,500 customers around Bishopstown, and nearly 50 in Mayfield, nearly 500 down around Castletown Bear, West Cork. Let me go to Bantry and the Boston Bar, Danny Collins. Danny, is it bad down there? Good morning. 
Hi, PJ. Um, yes, it was bad um, since um, half six this morning where we had um, really the astronomical um, tide and coastal surge coming into, we said, the keys of, of Bantry Bay. So, um, but fair play, we are the council staff plus the fire brigade staff are out. And like um, I know, I think about 23 premises did get flooded. But um, I'd say not very much, but like they 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 did they did they did got to get flooded. Yeah, did the, 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 the so, water come into the square, for example? Yes, the water was around the square. Yes, um, the roads were closed coming into Bantry. Um, there was like um, all services, like anything that came into Bantry would have to avoid the town. But um, now at the moment, um, the south of the square and New Street are clear again. It seems so, to be receding. Um, that's all, yeah, it's receding, yes. But, um, like, you know, it's basically, look, this is going on now for, I suppose, 40, 50 years, and we are waiting for um, a flood release scheme to be done here in Bantry, and we're just waiting for the OPW to get the ball cracking on it. So, like, like yeah. you know, it's, it's it's devastating for premises, like, especially after the 12 months and our 18 yeah. months we're after. Like, Yeah, how's your, how's your own premises? Do you escape? Oh, well, if I get flooded, I'm up on the hill. Like, if you take a Bantry, Bantry's like a soup bowl, you could say. Yes, and you're, you're out like, of it, and okay. I, 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 I'm at the top of the lift. All like, right, so, so if you I'm get flooded, we're all, in, we're all in trouble. We're by an arch, like. We're all in trouble, yes. <laughs> all right, Denny. So, and what, how's the wind situation like? Like, as I say there now, like, I did take a drive around town there about an hour and a half ago. And, like, it seems very, be very calm um, in, in Bantry Town. But I've spoken to people who live outside the town, and they say it's very wild outside the, the likes of Balaliki and, and um, Dribble League and different places. Like, it's very wild in places, I, I believe. Um, um, the road back in Adrigal was impassable there about, or, or, about an hour ago as well. So, like, there's a lot of debris and, and um, branches and things on the road. So I would advise people to stay in today and don't be taking any unnecessary journeys. All right, all right. Listen, thanks very much, Danny. Danny Collins at the Boston Bar in Bantry. Good advice. Stay in. If you don't have to go out, don't go out. Very windy. Uh, and it's going to get windier. The wind is going to get worse, a lot worse, over the next few hours. Let's go to the Imperial Hotel. I think they had a near one this morning. Hi, Sinead. Good, good morning, Peter. How are you doing? Good, good, good. You did a near one? Uh, we did, we did, but we managed. You know, we were well and truly prepared for it, so no issues on our side, thank God. We had a good a bit of help with the Cork City Council and um, giving us a lot of preparation. So. Yeah, did you have to put your barriers up or had uh, you them up? No, we had to put them up. Um, it came near the front door all right now, but... Uh, we were well, as I said, organised, so happy yeah. out. I drove in across Parliament Bridge and into the Mall at around five past seven and it seemed okay, but it came up very fast after that, didn't it? It did. The flow seemed to be very quick. Like, we all came to work this morning about half past four. We have an amazing team that, because they knew they might not be able to come to work, all came early um, just to be all hands on deck in case, you know, prepare for the worst. Right. Um, the flow was very, very quick. Um, it just seemed to come from nowhere because we were waiting until the tide itself hit, you know, at seven and within two or three minutes, it was just flying down the South Mall. 
Yeah. Okay. Okay. But no damage done, thankfully. No, tip wood. Um, no, um, just a few guests that couldn't leave very early this morning, but um, everyone seems happy enough at the moment. Sure you fed them well? Of course we did. A lovely full Irish for breakfast this morning. <laughs> we even had a few rubber ducks we sent for a swim down the South Mall as well this morning. Okay. Um, so, yeah, I, I mean, we've got an amazing team here, so everybody um, hands on deck. So that's a good sign for us. Indeed. All right, Sinead, good safe start to the day. Sinead Ryan at the Imperial Hotel. Hotel 1850 715 996. If you think there's anything we should know about, you know where we are. Can we just talk? The opinion line on Corks 96 FM with McCarthy Insurance Group. Call in person or call them now. They don't just talk the talk, they walk the walk. CMIG.ie Corks 96 FM Right, a lot of trees down and debris on roads uh, north, south, east and west I'll go through as much as I can put my hand on in just a sec but I want to go to Met Erin Liz Walsh joins us again she was with us yesterday Liz, we've had the first wave down here the floods, we got away with that I think what you want to tell us is the wind is going to get a lot worse before it gets any better good morning Hi PJ yeah, um, yeah it is um, actually like you know there um, you've probably felt like, you know, the wind is quite up and down and, and that's quite normal with this kind of unstable air um, going on. So like there will be lulls and, and then it will pick up um, really hard. But looking at the guidance and the current guidance, and I, mean, I think the worst of the wind for Cork is between now um, like or 10 a.m. and 7 p.m. And I'm looking, I'm thinking a peak um, somewhere between 11 and 2 um, is is going to occur. Um, so, like you know, I really think that between that eleven and two um, area, even for Cork City, um, th- that is going to be pretty pretty hard, tough mm. going. Um, I think even from ten a.m. and um, that's what the latest guidance is suggesting. Mm. Now, um, even like Fastnet, just like uh, in the last, uh, I don't know, less than half an hour, like the last twenty minutes, um, recorded. A mean wind speed of 135 kilometers per hour and a gust of 157 kilometers per hour. Now no. it is a lighthouse. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it is a lighthouse. It's up high, um, but those winds are out there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, like these are dangerous. These are dangerous winds. Let's not put it too thinly. They, they are. They are. They are. And you've already had a red red gust on the on land. Uh, well, not a red gust. A red mean wind speed of 81 at Shirkin. Um, but yeah, as you as you feel, it's it's go it's up and down and up and down. But yeah, I do think um, you know the next few hours will be very telling. And it's just because um, Barra is just right off the coast now of um, of Galway, um, about 40 nautical miles. So around 6 a.m. it was 115 nautical miles. Now it's 40 nautical miles off the coast. Mm. And it's still deepening. Yeah, if he's <laughs> up the coast, if he's up the west coast, why are we getting the brunt of it? Because, because basically, um, if you know, actually, what's going to happen in Galway? The winds are going to go light. Because um, if you think about it, like you know, if think about those like hurricanes and stuff like that. When you're in the eye of the storm, you get light winds. Same thing with a with a, a North Atlantic mid latitude um, low pressure. You know, um, there's a, a saying in meteorology: um, winds are slow around a low. Um, and really, the strongest winds are to are in the southeast quadrant of the low. I see. So, like they're they're to the southeast of the low center. So, in, if you're in the eye of the storm, the winds are light. But if you're to the southeast of that center, um, in the northern hemisphere, 
that's where your strongest winds are. Um, and that's where, unfortunately, <laughs> because of the track of the low, it's going to track over and um, parts of Connacht. What's southeast of there? It's the southwest of Ireland. Right, I see. Um, and so, yeah, so Cork yeah. and Kerry and Clare later as well. Now, as we spoke yesterday, Cork was on an orange warning with red offshore. Now we've red on land. That is a threat to property in life, isn't it, Liz? It is. It is. There's a danger to life. Um, so, like, you know, the urge is to stay indoors. Um, this is a dangerous storm. Um, and, uh, yeah, take, like, you know, it's a it's a take action, you know, and, and stay inside because there's just the just um, just the risk of like falling trees. You've already had them already reports and, and falling power lines. It's just not worth going out and taking the risk yeah. and going out there, especially in the next few hours. Yeah, um, I really think like, you know, it should if like as the winds turn around to the northwest. Now, that's going to be later on this evening. Um, Cork should be receiving some sheltering from the Kerry Mountains um, in that kind of direction. Mm-hmm. So, you know, once you'll be back, maybe down to yellow. Um, you know, around maybe three, four um, in the afternoon. Um, I think that, you know, but yellow is still pretty significant. It's still pretty bad, yeah. You know, like sometimes when we, yeah. Normally these alerts only last a couple of hours, but it's unusual to have one lasting most of the day. that That is different to usual. It, it is, yeah. Usually these systems, um, like, you know, they're, they're really fast and, and, and um, they scoot through in like, you know, six hours or something like that. They cross the country um, in six hours. But this one um, is slowing down. And it's basically because of this, the synoptic situation. So that's the broad scale situation over, over Europe is that there's a big high pressure over kind of Scandinavia or, you know, um, Russia kind of area. And that's kind of blocking the flow. And so the low has nowhere to go, so it just slows down, um, and it's it's kind of just, you know, tr- you know, slowly kind of just moving, like becomes slow moving, and that's yeah. what's happening. So that's why it's such a prolonged event. So so and, basically, know, Bara is being held back. Bara is being held um, back by a high pressure zone over Russia. Well, Ru- Russia, yeah, Eastern Scandinavia wow. kind of area, yeah, wow. yeah. So like, yeah, it's all, yeah, it's all related. Well, it's all, re- it's, <laughs> it's all, all related. Connected. And you say he's still deepening, so he's not at his worst yet. Well, um, like, I think the worst happened when he was like deepening rapidly, um, you know, out in the Atlantic. That was that was the worst part. Yeah. Part, um, you know, but. But yeah, he is still deepening a little bit. And if you have a deepening low, um, that's like really unstable. And it means the gusts are really, um, you know, are, are going to be really bad. Okay. Like, you know, if you've got a filling low, the gusts kind of settle down and, and the atmosphere becomes a bit more stable. So the gusts aren't that bad. Um, but because he's still deepening, that's it's it means that the gusts are, are, are um, still uh, very violent okay. and, and, and can still be very violent. But he w- the, the system is going to start to fill um, gradually Mm. (laughs) later on today um, as it crosses the country. Our our worst down here though between 11 and 2 and that would be across the city and county would it? Between 11 and 2. Um, Yes, yeah, yeah, definitely. Oh, I mean West Cork, my goodness. Um, Just, yeah, please stay inside. (laughs) Please, please, please. And especially, um, don't go, like even along the south coast. um, Yeah, uh, you know, I think Roach's point um, you know, may may go off as well. Like you know, it's just um just on that turn as it goes south southwesterly. You know, it's it's like it is turning right now into a southwesterly, but then it goes southwest to west, 
And in when it does that, um, that's that's when um, the winds seem to really kick in. Okay, all right, Liz. Thank you very much for that, Liz Walsh, meteorologist with Met Aaron. So the worst is to come uh, here in Cork and down, particularly down west, between eleven and. Okay, trees down on Fermoy to Tallow Road, debris and flooding between Mitchestown and Kildarry, tree down between Mallow and Ballyclaw, tree down at Willison Park towards Tower, tree down between Rostellan and Cloyne Cross, in Kenturk between the Recycling Centre and the Park Entrance, in Churchview, Drumahan, flooding on the Balick Road in Middleton and in Yall Town, that may well have receded now, trees down in the Denville area, there were cows on the road earlier between Connor and Glass. Hopefully they're gone home. Tree down between Crossbarry and Kilumni near the quarry. Trees down between Bandon and Eskeen. The R572 at Capitaparca Adrigal. Impassable. There was flooding there earlier. Debris between Bandon and Brini. In Shannon to Kilmacsimon. Impassable. World's End. Kinsale was impassable up to a short while ago. Road blocked by fallen tree between Castleton Bear and Iries. Uh, the flooding in Bantry has receded. Uh, reports of trees down in Banduff. Uh, trees down everywhere at this point. And the thing is that they won't be fixed or moved during the red alert unless there's a serious uh, risk from them. A report of an incident near Sullivan's Key. We'll keep you posted. Can we just talk? The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. With McCarthy Insurance Group. Call them now for motor, home, business, farm, life and health insurance. CMIG.ie. They can call me. Wayne Hilton. Wayne Hilton. The Weekend. On Cork's 96FM. Join me Saturday mornings from 10. I've got four hours of the best music mix. Check out the Cork Weekend Survey. Have a go at the Wayne Teaser question. There's the latest celebrity goss. A look at what's happening around town. And we'll keep you up to date with all your essential Cork news. Wayne Hilton. Saturdays, 10 a.m. With Newmarket Motors Volkswagen. Where you can test drive the full Volkswagen range. Including the all-electric ID3 and ID4. See newmarketvolkswagen.ie. On Cork's 96FM. There are reports of a woman having fallen from a building in the city centre. We are in touch with Guard the Press to see what else we can find out. Uh, hopefully that's not as serious as it sounds. But reports of a woman having fallen from a roof in the city centre. Porrick Barrett is Director of Service for Roads in Cork County Council. Porrick, good morning. It's a bad one out there. Good morning, TJ. It sure is. It's a, it's a, it's a wild morning right across the county. We've trees and debris down all over the county already with the wind set to get worse. And I think the, the protocol is you guys, you guys can't go out in a red warning just to drag a tree off a road. No, I mean, look, the, it's a dangerous place to be on, on a day like this morning. So uh, unless there's risk to, to life or health, uh, we don't go out. We have been out all morning in Bantry. Uh, we've had a number of properties flooded in Bantry. So our fire crews and our roads crews were out there this morning, but they've been stood down, down now because they, they've pumped away the flood waters and protected those properties. But unfortunately, about 20 properties or over 20 properties were flooded in Bantry this morning. And we will be out in other locations where, where necessary. But mm. uh, for trees down, for example, I just got a report that there's a, a road blocked in on the Bearer Peninsula and we've closed the road and that's, and that's it. And we leave that tree there until it's safe for us to remove it. Mm. And, the, and that's the advice to people, really, PJ, is not to be out 
on a day like today. It is dangerous out there. It is four seven winds. There's winds gusting at over 120 kilometres an hour along the peninsulas and along the coastline. So it is extremely dangerous for people to be out. Yeah, we, we, we believe from Met Aaron, just speaking to them there a few moments ago, the worst of the wind for Cork City and County, County particular, between 11 and 2. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's like along the peninsulas in, in West Cork at the moment. It is, it is really bad. And that's why we stood the crew down in Bantry uh, just uh, a while ago. Mm. Uh, but it is getting worse and, and, and the, the crew on the ground were aware of it getting worse uh, as, as they were out this morning uh, with, with worse to come. If people need to get in touch, where can they contact? They can contact uh, County Hall, the, the HQ number, and that'll, that's for anywhere in the county. And that number is 021 or out of hours this evening uh, after 5pm, the number is 02148 Okay, Padraig, to everyone who's out there this morning trying to keep the rest of us safe when we're staying in and staying out of it, uh, to, to you and your team and to all the crew, thank you very much. Padraig Barrett, Director of Service for Roads, Cork County Council. I don't know if you can hear it, but that window here on the top floor of Broadcasting House is rattling a little bit behind me and the winds are only building. Yeah, the incident that we're talking about happened on Mead Street, which is near Sullivan's Quay. And according to Moiraid, who's downtown, the ambulance has now left the scene. Again, we hope that's not as serious as it sounded. 1850 Right, all this week giving you a chance to go to see Elton John next summer, when all this stuff will be behind us, we hope. With thanks to our friends at Aiken Promotions, two tickets to see Elton John live at Parky Cueve on Friday the 1st of July 2022. It's his farewell at Yellow Brick Road, the final tour. You need to name the song. I'll give it to you a couple of times. You need to give me the name of the song and your name to 083 396 96 96. And then you need to stay by your phone because the winner will be called Live On Air. It may be quite simple, but... Now that's an easy one. I said because the weather is awful. I said I'd give you a nice easy one this morning. Or I gave it a couple more times. It may be quite simple, but... The name of the song and your name to 083 396 and stay by your phone because the winner will have to come on air to win the tickets. John wants to know if the GPO is closed today. The answer to that, John, is I don't know, but I imagine so. I would imagine so, because I think postal deliveries have been suspended for the morning. Uh, and There's no need to be in town anyway. There's no need to be in the GPO. Like, you don't need to send your Christmas cards today. Although I imagine if people want to go to the post office to collect welfare, that could be problematic. Is O'Brien's restaurant on Merchant's Quay closed today? I think most places are closed today. Moraid was saying town is like a ghost town. Uh, most places closed today at least until the worst of it is over. All the Aldi's are closed. Most of the uh, Lidl's and, uh, are closed. Tesco's don't. I think the entire Blackpool shopping centre is closed. There's loads of public service buildings closed. Pretty much if you don't have to go out today, don't go out. Boots, all the Boots branches are all closed. 1850-715. Yes, GPO is closed. Thanks, Fergal. GPO is closed, uh, according to... Uh, according to to a list of the contactors. Thanks for that. Okay, we'll come back to weather and we'll come back to the floods and we'll come back to the wind and the storm. And if there's anything you need us to know, 
then you can contact us at 083 396 96 96 wherever you are. But Orna Curra comes up today uh, before the full Oireachtas Health Committee. Now in September it went before the Mental Health Committee which is of course a, a subcommittee of the Health Committee but uh, the activists have continued to uh, advocate for a full hearing of the Health Committee and that is happening today. Uh, so let's remind ourselves of what the HSE said about Onakura at the Mental Health Committee back in September. Uh, this is Michael Fitzgerald, uh, the man in charge of the project, the Onakura, I suppose the closure, he's, he's responsible for it. Uh, he spoke at the Mental Health Committee back in September about the future of the Onakura Centre. Unfortunately, as we move to the advanced planning phase for the centre, serious concerns emerged that any level of refurbishment could not bring the building to the standards required. Advice from construction experts has led the HSE to take the difficult but necessary decision to close the centre. We've reviewed all options for the centre and every option involves the complete demolition of the existing building rather than a phased refurbishment. While we were aware of the pressing need to bring the building to the standard which residents deserve, it was only when the fabric of the building was assessed for this work that we established that the only way to refurbish the building was actually to knock it. This was not our original plan for the valuable service at the Onakora Centre, and while it was a difficult decision, there was no other option open to us. The immediate priority is the welfare of the 19 residents of the centre. We are working with each resident and their families individually, to agree an appropriate alternative placement based on their assessed needs. Residents will move on a phased basis after detailed consultation and discussion. They will transfer to the most appropriate setting that will meet their needs and with their expressed preference to the forefront of any such decision. Assessments with residents have been completed and consultation with families is underway at present. All of the assessments have been completed at this stage. The multidisciplinary team within the Onakora Centre continues to have ongoing discussions with all residents to offer ongoing support and assurances. Okay, that's Michael Fitzgerald, the HSE, speaking at the Mental Health Committee back in September. Now, uh, Orla Kelleher is from the Save Onakura group. Uh, They've made a submission. You have made quite a a detailed submission to the Health Committee today, Uh, Orla. Good morning to you. Good morning. Thank you very much for having me on. You've asked a number of questions, the key one being that the renovation be reconsidered. Let's look at this again. Yeah, exactly. That's what we're looking for. So, I mean, I think um, what we really want the, um, the Health Committee to look at today when the HSC is before them is to actually um, unpack and, and examine what is actually meant by not fit for a purpose, which is the, the language that the HSC has been using. Um, and I think really that we really need to understand what that means um, compared to the alternative uh, set, the alternative placements that are being proposed for residents. So a lot of the alternative um, be, being proposed have, have very similar issues, and yet they're not being, you know, it's no there's no proposal that those would be shut down. So for example, issues around, you know, small rooms or um, those kinds of things. So so you, we think it's really important that those those issues are clarified for us as. Um, 
you know, as family members of, of current residents, we've been really concerned all the way along by the shifting narrative on why the HSE actually wants to close the, the owner care centre. So initially we were told that it was based on a recommendation of the Mental Health Commission. Mm-hmm. But then the narrative shifted to um, it was actually, in, you know, the, the reason it had to close was because of an internal HSE report. Um, as family members, we never got to see that report. And that report was saying, you know, it was beyond repair when the families, you know, made what I would think is the very reasonable request that we would be allowed to appoint an independent structural engineer to, to assess the building. Um, that was declined. And now the most recent um, position that, that we've we've got is that the HSE um, might be able to, to re- rebuild it, uh, but it won't provide the same level of provision um, on site. So it won't actually be offering 24-hour uh, residential services. Um, so it will be a much more limited, if ever, for, form of uh, provision on site. Mm. Um so it won't actually be meeting the needs of the current population that's living there. And in addition to that, there's been no funding commitment. So we feel as, you know, as family members that we're really being passed from pillar to post on this, um, that, you know, it's really distressing and upsetting that we, you know, this many months on, we still don't have any clear answers or clear plans. Yeah, Your, your submission also goes through in detail the, how you perceive the, the absolute need for Onakura as, as a service for, for East Cork. Come back to the idea, though, or the question of, it be, of the renovation being reconsidered. I think you really want the HSE pressed to explain why it insists that Onakura is beyond repair and why it refused to let you have an independent structural engineer. Yeah, exactly. I mean, from our perspective, there's still so many questions unanswered. Um, you know, what our campaign is about is about retaining vitally important community-based mental health services, not just for current residents, but also for many other people in East Cork who will need these services into the future. Um, And I suppose if those services aren't retained, there's a risk that those people who will need these these services in in future, and people will need these services, will ultimately be referred referred to ward-based settings. And that's really, you know, a step into the past, you know, this idea that we will be, you know, placing people in more institutional settings rather than in the community. So we feel that, um, you know, the HSE has not really given us a clear um, answer on why, you know, we can't refurbish the centre. We are, you know, a very wealthy country and, you know, it, where there's a political will, there is a way. Um, what is needed is a funding commitment to refurbish the centre and um, not a sort of a piecemeal picking apart of the service, which is so distressing for the residents and for uh, family members like myself. Mm. Like, when I had the unique privilege of meeting some of the residents down there uh, in September time, like they, they put it to me in their own words, this is our home. And one man sat down and just pointed to all the things that are within five to ten minutes walk. All the essential parts of his life that were within five to ten minutes walk. Now, nothing of the alternative being put up, nothing is remotely in that bracket. 
No, not at all. And, you know, the sort of relationships that residents have forged in the community in Middleton, those are completely um, irreplaceable. Like, for example, my uh, my own relative, you know, has a really good friend around the corner, um, Angela, who runs the, the local um, the shop. And, she, I, you know, for me, Angela is, you know, sort of a stalwart of Middleton. She's brilliant. And, you know, that, that those kind of you know, daily relationships that really, to me, are as important in the care package as everything else. Mm. You know that those will be lost by by you know out of um, out of area placements. It's yeah. just so heartbreaking. You but, know, but when um, coffee, when you know, coffee everything... and a scone, Orla, when that's the highlight of your day after a visit to the chiropodist, yeah. you, you deserve to yeah. have that. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I just, you know, it's it's everything from, you know, as I say, being able to go to Angela's growth, uh, you know, little newsagents. It's being able to walk up to the to, to Middleton Park to go to the swimming pool. It's being able, you know, knowing people in the community, the Middleton market is so brilliant, you know, and it's just on their, their doorstep. Lots of the residents will go across and have lots of friends that they meet. This is part of their care and it can't just be taken away yeah, well, and it can't be easily replaced one, for one them. One lovely you know, man so put it very well when I was down there. I must try to find the clip. One, one lovely, lovely man, he said, this is my medicine. These things around me are my yeah. medicine. Yeah, and I don't think you can really put it any better than that. No, so, um, well, look, I, I, yeah, I good luck with the submission today. Good luck with the submission today, Orla. I, I, and we'll, we'll see where, where it goes. We, we're determined to follow this one to the bitter end. I know that the original closure date went by, but now that's just led to more uncertainty. So with just a couple of weeks to Christmas, it, it's a very worrying time for the residents. Yeah, completely. And, you know, I, I think what we need is, you know, a commitment, a funding commitment that the the um, centre is going to be refurbished. I mean, that's the best Christmas present we could get at this point is that commitment. OK, let me see what happens at the committee today and we'll come back to this story again. Thank you, Orla Keller from the Save On Acora Group. 1850 Uh Yeah, let me give you the... Uh, Elton John song again because in the fuss over the storm and the wind and the rain you might have missed it it's a really easy one today two tickets to see Elton John at Parky Cueve next summer it may be quite simple, but... that song uh, the name of that song and your name pleased 083 396 96 96 now ferries are off as you'd imagine because of Storm Barra uh, Dublin Hollyhead they're running at the moment. That's about the only one. All the Rosslare ferries are all cancelled. And if you're headed that, to that part of the country, uh, Belfast to Cairn Ryan cancelled. The Cross River Ferry, uh, that was off as well uh, since early morning. 1850 Let us find out more about this incident on Mead Street. Uh, Owen English, uh, Irish Examiner journalist, joins me. Owen, what can you tell us? Good morning. Good morning, PJ. Well, what we know at this stage is that uh, at around half eight this morning, the emergency services were alerted to uh, a woman who ha- was found in serious condition on the ground on Mead Street. Uh, it's, it was unclear in the initial stages whether she had uh, fallen from a roof or from a balcony. 
but it's become clear in the last uh, half an hour or so that she uh, apparently fell from a balcony onto the street below. She had suffered multiple injuries. Now, I'm told that the injuries, thankfully, are not life-threatening, but she is in a serious condition. She was slipping in and out of consciousness as she was being treated on the ground by paramedics from the National Ambulance Service. Gardaí were on the scene and uh, a unit of Cork City Fire Brigade was also requested to assist in the operation. Um, as I say, the, the young woman who I'm told is aged in her late 20s or early 30s uh, has been taken to hospital for treatment for her injuries. And Gardaí are now conducting an investigation in the area to establish the exact circumstances uh, of the fall. Um, I don't believe at this stage that it's connected in any way to the uh, to, to Storm Barra or to the weather events that we're experiencing in the city this morning. Um, and the job of the Gardaí now is to obviously, in the first instance, make inquiries locally to see if anybody saw or heard what may have happened this morning in that apartment on Mead Street. Uh, and I presume they will be seeking medical permission um, later on today if the woman's condition allows for them to interview her to try and establish exactly what happened this morning at half eight. But uh, when I got a call about this earlier on, there were really serious concerns for this woman's uh, health. Um, when you hear of any circumstance of a fall from a height, obviously you'd be worried about you know head injuries and a possible risk to life. But, but thankfully this woman um, is alive. Uh, okay. She has suffered a number of injuries, but her injuries are not life-threatening, PJ. Okay, Owen, thank you for that. And as it's my first opportunity to speak to anyone from the examiner since it happened, congratulations on your marvellous showing at the awards the other night. Oh, thanks. Thanks, PJ. Look, it's a, it's a real team effort. Um, so I, I appreciate that. Thanks a million. Cheers. That's Owen English. They won six awards, uh, six major awards. Uh, Owen won an award for his work on, on the mother and baby homes. And uh, Paul Hosford and Aoife Moore won the scoop of the year for the Gulfgate story and did a great night. So congratulations to the Examiner team. 1850 Can we just talk? The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. With McCarthy Insurance Group. Call in person or call them now. They don't just talk the talk, they walk the walk. CMIG.ie The lines are live. And we're ready to talk. Can we just talk? Call 1850-715-996. Text or WhatsApp 083-396-9696. Email opinion at 96fm.ie. The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. On Cork's 96FM. We are staying with Storm Barra and the consequences of Storm Barra throughout the morning. If you hear anything that you think we should know about or see anything you think we should know about, get in touch. Uh, best to do is WhatsApp or text 083 396 96 You can call us also, though, at 1850 715 996. If you're no, so, so, no someplace without power or if there's a tree down that has knocked the power out, you heard there from county council earlier that they won't go out now in the dangerous winds unless there's a threat to life so trees down are going to block roads and the roads won't be cleared until the red alert has eased and it's safe to go out and you'd hardly blame them for that the Bantry crew that went out to deal with the flooding earlier this morning they were ordered back to base because of the increasing danger 
of the wind. There's a tree down near Kilcully is the latest on the list. And again, those trees are going to be left in place because there's no one going to go out during a red warning. Uh, unless there's an immediate danger to life or property. 1850-715-996. Someone is suggesting that instead of playing Chris Rea in the last hour, I should have played Theresa Mannion. Don't, 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 don't it was bound to raise its head at some stage this morning. Some six years ago. Whatever she's got against Crossmalina, I never quite found it out, but it was six years ago today, or six years ago this week, she did that for Storm Desmond and made a name for herself that she, I don't think she really wanted it. Huge tree down in Clonakilty, uh, near the secondary school there. Okay, thank you for that. 1857-15996. Now, all vaccination centres are closed today and all testing centres are closed today. But there is a very large movement starting, to be fair. It, the Lord Mayor is behind it and I think that Senator Jerry Bottomer may well be behind it. Earlier in the year, uh, on this programme, we pushed the cause of the Gardaí being prioritised for vaccination. Now, as it turned out, the age cohorts came down much faster than we had initially thought they would. So most guards got inve- got um, got their jabs in, in good time. Um, but now um, there's calls for them to get a booster uh, very, very promptly. Uh, Senator Buttenberg, good morning to you. Good morning, PJ, and uh, thank you for playing Driving Home for Christmas. It's uh, very appropriate. And can I, can I first of all, thank all the people this morning who've been out and about working so hard uh, in, yeah. in Cork City and County, um, and thank your station for your news updates as well. And I heard you earlier in the morning uh, on the breakfast show. It is important that we stay safe in, in this. It's, uh, it seems calm right now, PJ. I've been out just looking around, yeah. but it's expected to get worse again between 11 and 2, so it urge people not to be lulled into a false sense of security yeah. by the lull in the wind. Well, that's what Liz from Met Aaron was saying. That's the very nature of it. This thing can come and go and come back as much fiercely, much more fiercely than left us, you know. So, And that's the situation for the next eight or nine hours. Jerry, the, the guy, they got their vaccinations eventually. The age cohorts came down fast enough, which we were feared they wouldn't <clears throat> in, the, in the start. But now they need boosters. There's a lot of them out sick or out as close contacts as we speak. Yes, and yesterday there was a policing forum, that I, and I remember the Cork City Policing Forum, I, based upon what um, you know, Superintendent Meyer, Chief Superintendent Meyer said, there is, an, there is an element that we need to be careful of in terms of members of Angardi Shikana who either as close contacts or who have got COVID themselves. But earlier in the month, PJ, of November, uh, the, there was an email circulated from Garda headquarters about the cutting of collective leave uh, as a contingency for possible uh, Christmas COVID-19 measures. <clears throat> and as you and I both have spoken about in your programme, Christmas uh, is a very busy time in in, in our high streets and in retail. Uh, and there's, there's always been a demand, and we spoke about it yesterday, for a high visibility uh, of Gardaí, rank and file Gardaí on our streets. And I'm concerned that the the percentage of Gardaí allowed to take their annual leave ha- has been reduced as a part of a contingency to deal with the potential concerns over Christmas of COVID-19. So I, I've made the point and I've supported the call in your programme, I think, which you led yourself, about members of Angarda Shikana being able to 
available the, the booster uh, shot now. Um, it, it's important that we support, in this case, the men and women of Angarda Shikan who are at the front line. Uh, and when we heard yesterday as part of our committee that there's going to be uh, a Christmas high visibility campaign, there's going to be a drink driving campaign, members of Angarda Shikan as part of that strategy are going to be face-to-face interacting with members of the public in a much higher level than probably previous to. So if we're, if we're, if if and we were told yesterday that the, 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 there was a reduction of Gardaí on the street because of one of the measures was COVID, one was members attending court, then I'm making the point, and I've made the point yesterday and today on your programme now, that we should expedite the availability of the booster campaign to members mm-hmm. of Gardaí Shikhan. Because most of them would have passed their five months uh, since their second dose, so would be eligible all for their age. I mean, most of the Gardaí on the streets would be in their 30s. Forties, um, maybe. Absolutely, and and if if all of us, whether it's 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 members of the public, whether it's retail, and I, I met with the car business association yesterday. I was at the policing forum yesterday afternoon. There's there's a demand and there's a call for higher visibility in the streets. Then, if if we're to take that seriously, and and if there's a reduction of capacity because they're afraid. Uh, of people getting COVID and they're not having members of Angarish who can't take holidays to cope, then it makes sense for me to put a contingency in place and that contingency is not to cut holidays, not to cut overtime, but to fast track and expedite the availability of the booster to members of Angarda Shikana. It makes absolute sense to me. Do, do we I have was, a shortage? Do, does, does the shortage continue, Jerry? I mean, if they have to limit leave at Christmas time and they have to limit overtime and if we're calling for urgent advancement of the booster campaign among the Gardaí, it, it, it does point to that ongoing shortage in the city. Well, we, we've, we've, we've seen a, a recruitment in more Gardaí, PJ. Um, obviously, and Tom Myers said it yesterday, he would take every guard that he can get. And, and, and there is a case now for us in Cork, and we have the three most prominent members of the government now mm. in, our, in the cabinet in Cork to make that case. Like, if you like it's fair to, to say, isn't it, Jerry, that and we had the announcement in the budget of, of a certain number of Gardaí being recruited, but the, the, the calculation that is rarely done or rarely done in public is if you take on, for argument's sake, 500 guards, you have to also look at the other column how many will retire in the next 12 months. Will you retire. end up with a net Correct. intake of maybe 100. And, and that is why there's a new campaign being, being commencing again in in, this, in, the, in the new year for for Garda recruitment, um, and and we we have the highest number ever in the history of the state uh, in in the force uh, serving. But and there, there there are there are always situations where, you know, we, we that you will have um, people who are retiring or people who are out sick. Um, we've had 800 new guards uh, recruited uh, to be to be recruited next year. Uh, as part of the the budget, which yeah. which was 145, but how many will retire? You know, additional increase. Well, that's the point. So, like, the, and but the big point that I've been pushing, PJ, and and to be fair to you and your program, you've supported me in this, is the civilian staff. Like, we we've taken off guards from desk duty, and we've given more in out onto the beat. Like, there's 400 civilian staff recruited next year. But the other point that I think we should look at is how can we, in the court system, have an elimination system where you have guards waiting hours yeah. and hours and ending in courtrooms. But my, my fundamental point here, PJ, is that we need to see uh, the booster campaign expedited yes. for our members of Angarda Shikana. Well, already there are free walk-up vac- booster vaccinations for health service workers, frontline workers in the health service. And I, I've been making the point since the springtime 
that there is no more front line than our guards. And 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 on your program, I've I've supported you in that, and I've been on local other local media and on the Echo here saying the exact same thing. It, it is important that we do that, and I make the point again. Now that we're approaching Christmas, where we will have uh, traditionally a very high visibility of Angarda Shikana for in terms of traffic checkpoints mm. around uh, our main streets, it is important that members of Angarda Shikana mm. uh, are given the booster. And, and if if your party colleague, the have, Minister for Justice, Helen McEntee, were to say tomorrow that she wanted the guards to get their booster vaccines, it would happen. So have you asked her? I have. Yeah, I have. I have what has she said? I have had of, of, of previous Minister Humphreys and of previous Minister, um, of previous Minister, as you know, Merck make the recommendations and, and the HSC deliver and, and there's a reluctance to move away from what Yeah, but you know that all it would take, but, Jerry. But, you know but, in the real world that all it would take and having read Richard Chambers' wonderful book, we all know now that things can happen if you want them to happen. One phone call from... Um, Helen McEntee yeah, and, and, to and, the and chair and of NIAC. Can you approve that for us? And I will make that call again tomorrow at the Fine Gael Parliamentary Party and I will be in contact with the Minister today because when you, if you listen to what Tom Wire said yesterday and, and you look at the, 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 the email in terms of the holidays from members of Gary Shikana, uh, you, you, you wonder about the contingency planning. So my, my point to, to you is that yes, there needs to be a acknowledgement that we need to fast track members on Garda Shikana because as you said we are now doing it for frontline workers the age cohort uh, is predominantly over 20 odd and and you know I think we can make the exception I know we're walking through the 50s at the moment but we have done it for health line workers we yeah. have a walk in vaccination centre and, and I don't see why we can't do it through community pharmacists or yeah. around the city well, where members of Garda Shikana the, the very easiest the easiest way to do it and I know it would take the clearance of NIAC but the easiest way to do it and you could be doing it next Monday morning is if we were able to say there's a vaccination clinic at City Hall today any member of Gardaí showing up in uniform will get their vaccination simple well I would make it easier PJ I would say that in every Garda division there are community and pharmacies and the, yeah. the Garda station for example and Bishopstone or Douglas or, or wherever could go to a designated pharmacist there as an example uh, as well as the one you're proposing for, for the uh, City Hall. Okay, thank you very much. Jerry, Senator Jerry Buttimer. Um, there seems to be a fairly unanimous across the board from this. Um, Joe Cavanagh says, in relation to the Gardaí getting vaccinated, I strongly supported this campaign. I wrote to Minister Helen McEntee when I was Lord Mayor. I spoke to PJ. He did indeed, uh, Joe. I fully support the Gardaí getting the booster. There's no one more frontline than the Gardaí. Please stay safe. And another message comes in. And look, it's inevitable. It's a pity Jerry didn't think of people's health when he went to Golfgate and that one will hang over him for the rest of his career and I suppose he's only got himself to blame in that regard but earlier in the year I, I recalled an incident I was away uh, on a trip um, just a brief trip around town and with, I was within my 5k I'd been out doing a few jobs and I passed a checkpoint and there was a guard on the checkpoint he was a young man of maybe 31, 32 years of age and he recognised me and he said to me, he said, um, can you do anything to get us our, 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 our jabs? And I said, well, I said, I've been pushing for it all day, every day. He said, look, he said, I'm 32. My mother lives with us. She's in her 80s. Her health is very bad. I, I'm going home every night and I need that vaccine. From that day to this, I've pushed it. And to be giving vaccines to healthcare workers is essential. But the guards and the fire service... And 
anybody else on the front line should be getting the boosters now as well. Thanks for that, Jerry. 1850 Right, we have a lot of power outages. There's just over 100 houses out in Skibbereen, <clears throat> nearly 160 in Bantry, just over 500 in Castletown Bear, nearly 800 in Leebridge, just over 20 in McCroom, just over 30 in Kilmoney. 1,522 houses out in the Bishopstown area and nearly 50 in Mayfield. And again, the uh, ESB networks people will go out when it's safe. When it's safe and only when it's safe. 1850 the Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. With McCarthy Insurance Group. Call them now for motor, home, business, farm, life and health insurance. CMIG.ie Can we just talk? The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. Call us now. 1850 715 On Cork's 96FM. And the Irish Green Party, Quintus Gloss, is 40 years old this year of 2021. I never thought I'd hear myself play this. It's not easy being green Having to spend each day the colour of the leaves Councillor Dan Boyle, am I forgiven already? Ah, sure. Well used to it, sure. I can sing it myself. (laughs) I had to do that. 40th anniversary. You were first elected a councillor, was it 30 years ago? Uh, 1991, yeah, and uh, I'd been a member t- a few years before that, but not the 40, about 33 years, I think, I'm a member at this stage. Yeah. Give us the brief history, Dan. It started off as the Ecology Party, didn't it? Yeah, yeah, uh, I, I, I suppose uh, the person who found it was a, a teacher uh, in, in Dublin, uh, put an ad, uh, got people to come to a meeting in Dublin, about 40 came. They were debating about whether to be a party or a campaigning group. Um, there was a kind of a division on that on the first night. Uh, and those who wanted to be a party formed a party. And uh, it went f- quite slowly after that. I suppose the, the word ecology was picked because uh, green has a certain context in Irish politics. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, uh, it, it took a while to, to change it to, first of all, the Green Alliance and then the Green Party. And uh We've always had the Irish name on Cointus Glass, which means Green Alliance. So um, it, it was very slow in the sense that the meeting was in 81. Um, we got a town councillor elected in Killarney uh, in 1985. He campaigned on the uh, Killarney National Park. And um, to the shock of all of us, we got a TD elected in 1989. We seem to do a lot of things backwards. Roger Garland First was not a Roger Garland, first lot of councillors, which would have included myself, would have been in 91. Uh, and um, there were 13 of us, and we got two MEPs elected in 94. So we had a situation where we had one TD, two MEPs, a dozen councillors, uh, and you know, the electoral cycle was in reverse, uh, yeah. as it would be for most political parties. You, you tend to um, do well and then get annihilated and then do well again. You're kind of cyclic that way. <laughs> well, I, I, I think because of the issues that we try to highlight, uh, it, it requires a certain 
a, a certain mindset in the electorate at any given time. And look, anyone who's involved in politics realizes that uh, bed and butter issues will always predominate. People will want to have money in their pockets. People will want to have a bit of confidence about uh, having uh, good jobs and, and being able to care for their families. Uh, th- there are times when we look at bigger pictures and longer terms, and that's when the Greens tend to do better because we ask questions that other political parties aren't asking, uh, things that tend to get ignored, to get put aside because we're maybe, we get overconsumption, I think is a good word. We get overconsumed uh, with uh, living life a particular way and we, we put the economic ahead of everything else when quality of life uh, should be what we should be determining, not the standard of living. Uh, and getting that balance right is why I think we're in the mix and, and why we try to put arguments and policies out there that other political parties don't. Like if you take where we are now with the, with the climate agenda I, I think everybody knows Dan and things that you and your colleagues were saying 20 years ago, we now know to be true and, and we accept those but a lot of people would fear that if Green Party policy were to be taken to its extent, its full extent that it would be a very expensive time for ordinary families well, I, that's the argument that's put forward by those who, who, who don't want to face the consequences of, of, of not doing things, uh, because uh, you, you can equally argue, and what we try to argue, PJ, is that if we don't change, uh, first of all, we're, it's going to cost us more in the long run in any case. But mm. by changing, we offer ourselves an opportunity of doing things differently and better, mm. of having a different type of economy, of different jobs, of, sure. of different standards but of if living. You, if you look better. at the most immediate one that is facing a lot of people over, say, the next 10 years, and that would be retrofitting. And if you look at any analysis of retrofitting, which the Green Party pushes and you want us to retrofit, and we know mm. the values of retrofitting, we know that a warm, airtight, well in home is a wonderful thing but we also know from doing any little bit of research that the grand scheme that currently exists barely takes the sting out of it and people will have to go into a lot of debt to pay to retrofit their homes and they fear that uh, I, I think it has to be properly pitched. Um, the, the announcement is being made, uh, I think, in January about what, what the new scheme will look like. The average cost is going to be something like 45000 per house. Yeah. Uh, in social housing, that, that's something that's going to be met by the state uh, in, in terms of other people's ability to pay. It'll be a matching of grants uh, plus low interest gro- loans uh, and uh, the possibility of a People People going into debt Dan, you know, people, some people coming, say, to the end of their mortgages and can see a date in the calendar where their mortgage is gone. And, and they've been working towards that for many years. And now to make the house, give the house a better rating, they're looking at taking on more debt. Well, it, it depends on who, who the owner of the house is. I mean, if you're talking about a rental property, if you're talking about a private property, if you're talking about a property of a particular size, I think we've seen it in the last week in, in terms of the uh, scheme that's being proposed in, in for MICA, for instance, yeah. uh, that there are there, there are different levels that are put in place in terms of people uh, having a maximum. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. 
That's stamps.com code program. I don't think we paid for any given property. And, and then there's floor space requirements in terms of uh, how yeah. much is paid per square meter and things and like that. people are already that, pointing that's out that that's going to cost. Fitting money. will be introduced, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So it, we, it, it will, but it's also an investment. It's, it's both a collective investment and an individual investment. What happens is not only do we change the carbon impact, the values of the properties themselves improve because of pro- uh, programs like this. Okay. Okay. And look, we'll see more. So there is, there is a scheme coming in, in, in 2022. When, Dan, you've been, I mean, you've not just been councillor, you've been senator, you've been a TD, you, you wrote a book on the, on the whole process. Do you ever get utterly disillusioned with it? Um, well, sure. Just like I do with my love life, uh, Fiji. <laughs> you know, that life is, is in the series of going up and down. TMI, <laughs> <laughs> it, it, life is, is a series of ups and downs uh, of things going well and, and things uh, that tend to frustrate you. Uh, but yeah, I, I believe that the course is the right course, uh, that we're, we're starting to go in the right direction uh, where the frustration exists now. Before the frustration was that nothing was happening and, and things were being ignored and, and people didn't want to know. Now there's a, a greater realization. Now the direction is right. Where the frustration is now is that we might be going quick enough to where we need to get to but that's a different type of problem and it's a better type of problem uh, and it, it, at least there's a satisfaction that a difference is being made uh, and the contribution has been something of a valuable one that's what I would argue that the Greens have done in Irish politics. Okay. Lastly Kate wants to ask the Greenway passage to Carrig Line to Cross Avon never got finished what happened there? Uh, well, it's almost been done. It's been done in sections. In any case, uh, the the first section was from Black Rock to to the the bridge, and the next section is, is from the the bridge down to Rochestown, and, and then it becomes a county council responsibility past Rochestown. Uh, it, it's uh, you, you're not see the full fruits uh, of the work uh, until next year, I'd argue, because the the replanting and the extent of replanting that was done, you, you'll only see uh, after a period of growth. Uh, and uh, I, I, I think it, it will add to the immunity and hopefully the, the biodiversity and, and natural habitat of the area is going to be enhanced as well. Okay. And the last question that's come in uh, about what we were talking about a, a while ago, Dan, a man who's paid off his house now must take on a new mortgage to the value of 50000 for his retrofitting. We liked the nature stuff by and large, but we no, feel no, betrayed no. <laughs> they landed us with this bill. Yeah. No, no one, no one's going to get a mortgage of fifty thousand. As I say, the cost per house is about fifty thousand. To what extent that's going to be grants? To what extent there'll be sh- sh- small interest loans to to make up the thing? That depends on each household unit. It's not going to apply at all in terms of social housing, uh, and th- there'll be different properties treated in different ways. You know, it's uh, until you see the scheme that's being offered, no one can say that they're going to take out a, a mortgage of fifty thousand. And I'm certain that uh, mortgages of fifty thousand are going to be necessary. F- fifty thousand was buying a lot of these houses in the first place. Okay. Dan, yeah, listen. The, the, you know, houses that were bought before 1980. Congratulations on 40 years of uh, the Green Party and in 30 years of dedicated campaigning, or 30 more years, 
and more years of dedicated campaigning yourself. Uh, we might not always agree, but you've always been a welcome uh, and uh, an engaging guest on this show. Dan Boyle, Councillor Dan Boyle of the Green Party. 1850-715-996. Car, Cork Coffee Roasters tell us they're open till 12. If there's anybody out there in need of a coffee, especially essential services. Uh, John in Cove. There's always one. John says, why have they shut down everything for a puff of wind? It's a total disgrace, but I'd love if you gave a mention to the merchant seamen who are in the thick of it, can't have a duvet day, have their families worried about them, and when all this is over, they won't still see them for weeks or months. And John, that's a very valid point. The merchant navy are out there in the thick of it all the time. And our own, the actual navy, the, the Hull Boland Navy, as it were, and the merchant navy at sea in all weathers at all times. And they do certainly deserve our respect today. But as for shutting everything down for a puff of wind, John, it's a red alert. Better to shut things down and save lives and prevent injuries, unfortunately. Mind you, there are those who say that Storm Borough is doing more to combat the spread of COVID-19 than the government's done in months. Now, I didn't say that. Can we just talk? The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. With McCarthy Insurance Group. Call in person or call them now. They don't just talk the talk, they walk the walk. CMIG.ie Access all areas on Cork's 96FM. Your guide to nightlife on Leaside. Hi, it's Michael with an update on Cork's entertainment. Gavin James, whose songcraft has been the key to unlocking 1.5 billion streams and 32 platinum and gold records across the globe, has just announced an Irish headline tour and we'll play two shows at Cork Opera House on April 2nd and 3rd. Tickets are on sale this Friday. Access all areas. Riverdance returns to Cork Live at the Marquee, taking place from the 2nd to 5th of June 2022. It's the new 25th anniversary show and tickets are on sale now from usual outlets. Access all areas. Feel free to let us know at Access All Areas if you have a show, play, exhibition or gig coming up or any live streaming events by mailing us here at AAA at 96FM.ie. Access all Areas. Your guide to nightlife on the side. On Cork's 96FM. There has been a development at that Onakura meeting to do, or the HS, the, sorry, Eroctus committee meeting to do with Onakura. Uh, it's not a, a development that people are at all happy with. I'll, I'll bring it to you shortly. But during the year, various things crop up in the course of conversation on the opinion line where we feel a conversation is merited. Uh, that's what we do. We start uh, conversations. Uh, one such subject is the subject of overactive bladders. Yes, overactive bladders. It's one of those things that is more com- more common than you might think. Professor Barry O'Reilly is an obstetrician, obstetrician and gynecologist at the Matter Private. Barry, good morning to you. Good morning, PJ. Thank you for being with us. It is a very common problem, much more common than we would think. Who's affected and how? Yeah, look, I mean, it's something, I guess, that um, women wouldn't normally talk freely about. I mean, OAB stands for overactive bladder. Uh, it affects men and women, but uh, women to to a greater extent. And obviously, as a gynecologist, that's the, the, that's the group that I would see. Um, and it probably... One in five women suffer from this. It affects women of all age groups from, from late teens onwards. Uh, mm. Obviously, it gets worse at the end of uh, later life. So, 
It's a big issue and um, the, the symptoms are, are quite classically uh, having to run to the toilet all the time. And so, you know, instead of going every two to three hours to the loo. Yeah. And uh, it's different, isn't it, to the normal sort of incontinence or having to rush to the loo that you'd have when you're pregnant? It's different to that. Yeah, look, uh, I mean, there there are two main causes of incontinence or types of incontinence. One is stress incontinence, which is usually caused by pregnancy, where women leak when they when they exercise or cough. But overactive bladder is a very different uh, problem, uh, and it usually, as I said, results in running to the loo nearly every half hour. Sometimes getting up at night, waking from sleep, and then having this overwhelming urgency where they they can't hold on and they're rushing to the toilet, have to drop their their bags on the way into the house and, 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 and if they don't get there on time they have accidents so it's, yeah. it's a very distressing problem. It can be a, a distressing and embarrassing. There is new research being done or has come out. Tell me about that. So, I mean, every year we, we do we take part in, in Overactive Bladder Week or, or a campaign just to, to highlight the awareness because obviously it's not something that women freely talk about So and, and there's such great uh, uh, not, not necessarily cures but we can certainly improve quality of life immensely so we raise awareness every week but uh, what's interesting this year is what we found especially with with COVID over the last year or two is that uh, uh, patients who are suffering from this are are, are not going to their doctors as much and and relying more on on internet searches and that's I guess a cause for concern on on, on some parts because uh, we we obviously encourage patients to go see their doctor when they have problems like this. Yeah What, what what causes it Professor? But with with men, it's it's a very different cause. Usually, it's an enlarged prostate gland. But with women, we often don't know the cause of it. Uh, the, the the phrase that we often use is idiopathic or unknown. Uh, so it, it's often exacerbated as as women age. Uh, it could be exacerbated by what we see a lot of is, is what we call poor toileting habits. So especially in in professions like nursing or teaching, where Women may hold on very long periods of time during the day and over years that affects their bladder and their bladder rebels a bit and, and they end up with, with, with quite bad symptoms. So we'd always encourage you know, good toileting habits, so going every two to three hours. It's not good to hold on for the whole day, you know. Right, and we talk and hear frequently about nurses in particular and others, I'm sure, that can't get a toilet break. They're just so busy. That, and that can do them long-term physical damage. Well, absolutely, yeah, and you know, it's it's a quite quite a classic thing, you know, and other professions as well, other jobs that, that women may do that they're distracted, and you know, the hours could go by, you know, they go to the toilet in the morning before they go to work, and might not go again till the evening, and they build up that resistance, and eventually the bladder kind of rebels, and and and, and they end up with the opposite problem where they have, they have to go every half hour. Or so, so we'd always encourage good toileting habits, and and actually, you know, it's something we're looking at addressing in, in late teenage years in, in, in schools with mm. you know sexual health and that type of thing but the importance of good bladder habits as well is it's it's mm. really important for for as you age if you develop those those bad habits can you retrain your body yeah i mean that's an excellent point so i mean that's that's the cornerstone of treatment is retraining the bladder uh, or bladder de- we call deferment techniques so holding on a bit longer each week try and build up that resistance again and that's best done with uh, the, the help of medication that your doctor can give you mm. where it just takes away the, those overwhelming symptoms of having to run to the loo so with the aid of medication with the aid of, of um, ensuring you don't drink too much I mean that's another thing that we see an awful lot of is that especially women if, if they're 
looking at weight reduction programs they tend to substitute food for drink and, and too much fluid what goes in has to come out so mm-hmm. one and a half to two liters of fluid a day is, is is considered normal in this climate so that's what we would encourage is, is keeping an eye on your fluids yeah. uh, and uh, with the aid of medication and, and the other important thing obviously is is avoiding caffeinated drinks you know and women often think it's just coffee but actually tea has as much caffeine in it as coffee so uh, those would be the lifestyle changes that we would recommend is, you know, keeping mm. an eye on your fluids and avoiding caffeinated drinks. You made the point, and, and I think uh, researchers are very anxious that people would not go on the internet, but would actually pick up the phone to their GP if, if they feel they've got a problem. Yeah, I mean, it, it's something that I think we've, we've seen across healthcare, especially over the last two years, is... is I suppose people have avoided going to the doctor for for obvious reasons, and uh, and in some ways, looking up their 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 symptoms on on the internet and, and coming up with possible solutions to their problems, which which aren't very good or reliable. So obviously, you know, I would encourage all people to go to their doctor with healthcare problems. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if they do rely on, on internet, then you know, in particular with OAB, there's this OAB.ie website. So it's it's about ensuring you select the right websites and getting the right sources of information. Yeah, It's one of those that you might refer to as a, a somewhat delicate matter, uh, Professor O'Reilly, but I'm sure you'd be uh, saying to people, look, there's nothing you can't tell us that we haven't heard before. So Absolutely. You know, you know it's, 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 we, we see the, the knock-on effects of depression and social isolation, you know, not wanting to go out and, and mix because of, you know, the, the reliance on going to the loo. So, so you know, I'd encourage patients to go, go see your doctor. This is very curable or certainly we can improve your quality of life immensely and, and give you that confidence back again. So yeah. that's yeah. what I would say. Yeah. There's a there's a, a person on the phone here who said they're taking, now I, this means nothing to me, it'll mean something to you, Dr. Visaran and Betmiga, but nothing seems to be working this person dreads leaving the house at this point. That's an awful way to live. Well, it's 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 an awful way to live, and and that's why we need to raise the awareness because um, we have far too many women who are putting up with this, you know, and and isolating themselves. It's it's it, it is awful, you know. If those medications that your your listeners talked about, if they're not working, you know, it, it's not just tablets alone. It's a package of care. So it's yeah. it's bladder retraining, it's lifestyle changes, yeah. and there are other kind of more invasive treatments that we can offer. So I hope she's seeing a doctor. How how much of those kind of problems, Professor, are down to the way we used to, and we did, and and we referred to things like this as women's problems. And sometimes women were told, well, that's just how your body changes in life and there's not a lot you can do about it and you kind of need to put up with it. That attitude, is it changing? Because I hope it has. Yeah, I mean, I, <clears throat> excuse me, I came back to Cork uh, as a consultant probably about 16, 17 years ago, but uh, I trained in Australia and, you know, there was a very active continence awareness campaign that was funded by the government when I was in Australia and I was determined to bring that back and we set up the Continence Foundation of Ireland when I came back here and the purpose of that was to raise awareness not just amongst healthcare professions but also amongst the public you know so we've we've tried to put out these public campaigns as much as possible change what was a a taboo subject you know something that women just really wouldn't talk about and you know Mm. they'd wear very heavy pads and nappies to protect themselves and they were constantly aware of the the smell potentially of, of urine and wouldn't go visiting people so 
what, what I'm seeing certainly is women are talking more about this now mm -hmm. to themselves and saying, you know, I went to see the doctor, you know, really embarrassed to talk about it, but, you know, I feel so much better now. And she's, she'll say then that all her friends then said, I've got a problem too. Who did you go see and what yeah. did you do? So talk more about this and, and don't put up with things that yeah. can be, you know, that can be improved upon. OAB.ie is the website to start with, I think. Yeah, I mean, that's a really good website that Estellas have put together with the help of medical professionals. And it's everything you need really is, is on that. But, um, uh, you know, and you'll get those lifestyle change uh, instructions and, and things like that. But, you know, you need to see your doctor clearly for, for the medications that will help you correct the problem. So, And lastly, talk to me about the Estella Control OAB campaign, which you're involved in. That's right, yeah, that's... That's the, the, the current campaign. Uh, so along with raising awareness, what they've also done is some interesting research, as we said, on on the, the use of and, and reliance on, on internet healthcare that, that many patients are, are, are relying on, you know, which is a little bit of a concern, but hopefully things will change as, as the, the COVID issues that we're living with improve. Okay. All right. Listen, thank you for your time today. Uh, a delicate subject, uh, but hopefully we've addressed it in, in a suitable way. That's Professor Barry O'Reilly. He's an obstetrician gynecologist at the Matter Private and also set up the Eurogynecology Centre at CUMH. Thanks, Professor. Right. Let's find out what the fire service are dealing with as Storm Barra continues to bother us and it's going to get worse before it gets better. Victor Shine with Cork City Fire Service. I know the floods were not too bad this morning, but now you did with trees and cables. Morning, Victor. Be Good morning, PJ. How are you keeping? It's busy out there. It's very busy, PJ. Um, as you said, we dealt with the flooding this morning. Um, it worked out very well. In fairness, the people of Cork City, they stayed at home. Uh, there was no major traffic issues and no major uh, structural damage due to the flooding. So it was great. Um, now we're dealing with the, the wrap-up from the strong winds and gusts uh, around the city. Of course, you have to be safety conscious for yourselves too, because that wind, that strong wind, is with us for a few hours more, at least. Yes, it's it's difficult to predict. The forecasting that we're getting from the different models varies. It's going up and down, and the, the length and duration of the um, this storm uh, seems to be changing by the minute. So we're keeping a, an obvious brief. Uh, literally by the hour, uh, constant meetings with the management teams and we'll be going to one there now very shortly just to give updates to the, the various sections. But um, there are trees down, there are cables down, there are power outages so people shouldn't get complacent and uh, going out. We have seen a lot of people driving around the city um, and maybe it is necessary for emergency purposes but we would encourage people to stay in until this storm passes by. If if someone needs to report a tree down or a cable down, where where do they go, Victor? Do they ring the emergency services or do they ring City Hall? Where do they ring? Emergency services would be best option. That's 999 or 112 and uh, the control centres will pass it on then to the appropriate services. That would immediately come to us. We will carry out a risk assessment and we'll bring in the appropriate um, tree surgeons to carry out uh, removal of trees and limbs and so on. When, when safe to do ESP, so, obviously. Air calm and so on. When, when safe to do so. So it's 
continuously monitoring, continuously doing safety audits on the different risks associated with the hazards. So it could be literally closing off a road or attempting to remove the hazard if it's safe to do so. Okay, thank you and your colleagues for what you're doing for us as always, uh, but especially today, Victor Shine of Cork City Fire Service. And stay safe out there yourselves, guys. Okay, this update on Owen Cora. Councillor Liam Quaid has been on to us to say the meeting will only be about an hour. Uh, HSE representatives have to attend emergency meetings because of the storm. That we understand. The meeting will now take place from 11 until just after 12 to facilitate that. Speaking times are being cut to five minutes each. And at the moment, there were no plans in place to make up the time. So that's the very important meeting we were talking to earlier on to Orla about Onakura and the concerns of the relatives. They finally got it before a full meeting of the Eroctus Health Committee. Now we hear from Liam Quaid that because of the storm, the length of that meeting has had to be severely curtailed to just an hour. That you understand, but as we speak, there's no plans to reschedule and make the time up again. Not good enough. Can we just talk? The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. With McCarthy Insurance Group. Call them now for motor, home, business, farm, life and health insurance. CMIG.ie We're playing all your favourite Christmas hits after midday on Cork's 96FM. With your local mace, friendly faces, always ready to help this Christmas. The lines are live. And we're ready to talk. Can we just talk? Call 1850-715-996. Text or WhatsApp 083-396-9696. Email opinion at 96fm.ie. The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. On Cork's 96FM. Right, Finbarsh says Capwell Road, Evergreen Road, Patrick's Road Junction. There's a wire down across other ones and struggling, straggling onto the road. Might be electricity or it might only be a telephone cable, but it's hard to say. And when it comes into a driver's path of vision, all the drivers are swerving. But unless it's an essential journey, you shouldn't actually be out at the moment. But Finbar, thank you for that. I mean the drivers, of course, who are really coming in contact with us. Thanks for your message. Remember, we've power outages now all across the city and county. Mayfield, Bishopstown, Kilmoney, McCroom, Lee Bridge, Castletown Bear, Bantry, Skibbereen. Worst affected would be Castletown Bear, where there's over 500. Lee Bridge, 800 houses out, 1,500 houses out in Bishopstown, and 50 in Mayfield, 100 not in Skibbereen. And the cruise will get to you as quickly as it's safe to do so. Let us maybe find out when it might be, because what we heard from Met Aaron earlier this morning is that from now until 2 is when the weather or the wind, rather, will be at its worst across Cork City and County. Now, this storm is changing, and the dynamics of Storm Barra are changing with every hour. So, uh, is there an update on that forecast? Cahill Nolan joins me from Ireland's Weather Channel. Cahill, is there an update on the forecast? Are we heading into the worst of it now? Good morning. 
A very good morning, PJ. I would say certainly we're heading into the worst of the conditions over the course of the next couple of hours. The I suppose the centre of the low itself is located just around about Galway Bay at present, but the strongest of those winds are located farther to the south. Looking at the latest satellites, you can clearly see the hook from the storm itself making its way into parts of West Kerry at the moment. So probably it's a case of over the next maybe three to four hours, that's when we're likely to see the peak of the winds so far at least in parts of Cork, Kerry and obviously up into Clare as well. It's, it's kind of a dangerous element to the storm, isn't it, Cahill, that people look out the window and they go, ah, sure, that's grand out, it's gone quiet again, and out they go. That's when they can head into trouble. It is indeed. I suppose with the with the dynamics of this storm, it's it kind of comes and goes in squalls, let's say. So there will be core bunch of winds, which will certainly be, I suppose, most pertinent farther to the west, let's say, let's say across the west of the county in particular, um, into parts of Kerry coastal parts then up into Clare as well. It's in these areas that we see, I suppose, more sustained winds in coastal areas, but certainly inland, we do see those squalls of winds that come along. And very often, as you said, they can catch people off guards. Um, it's it's really within the wind gusts where we see the biggest risk, I suppose, and the threat to life as it, as it is categorised as a status red weather event. And we forget, of course, that a wind like this can do huge damage in a matter of mere minutes. It certainly can. And that's it. It can only take one of those particular squalls to come along to cause a significant amount of damage. We're, we're talking about wind speeds over many parts of the county, pushing up towards 130 kilometres per hour. There really is quite a quite a, quite a punch packed within winds that are that strong. So certainly it is a case of, of taking care over the course of the next couple of hours and avoiding any absolutely unessential travel. Is it too late to start battening stuff down? Should you have that done hours ago or can you still rescue the garden furniture? If it hasn't moved already? I suppose, it's a good question. I suppose at this stage, really, the, the best thing to do would be probably just to stay in, stay in out of it. Um, to go outside in it probably brings its own set of risks as well. Um, even in terms of trying to batten down something, if you're holding on to something, let's say that one of those gusts or squalls come along, it can very easily pick you with it. Um, so probably the advice at the moment would be just to, to stay in for the next couple of hours mm. where possible and just see out the worst of the conditions. Yeah, some of the maps are saying that we should be out of the worst of it by two or three o'clock. Others are suggesting that it could be very windy, in fact, for, for most of the rest of the week, even though the, the worst of it will be over. What are you seeing? What we're seeing probably with the latest charts at the moment is that even though, so we're talking about the winds easing off, let's say, during the course of the afternoon and evening, um, <laughs> looking at the charts, I really feel as though the wind will still remain within at least the status orange category level right up the way until about 6, 7 o'clock this evening, even in parts of Cork and Kerry. Um, so certainly, by no means will we be out of the neck of the woods by, let's say, 3 or 4 p.m. Mm. The strength of those winds will continue to be an issue and will still continue to be felt right the way through into this evening and into the first half of tonight at least. Yeah, and certainly the the red warning and the stay-at-home instruction certainly well-merited because these winds are very, very dangerous. When will it clear, Cahal, do you know? When will he blow himself out? I suppose we'll notice a significant improvement in conditions probably through tomorrow. <laughs> so we will still see pretty blustery conditions overnight, but probably by the time we get into maybe 9, 10 o'clock tomorrow, we should start to see those winds really fade away. The low pressure system itself at that stage will have moved over across maybe parts of southern Scotland, northern England, and will be just basically left in a, in a pretty blustery northwesterly flow. There'll be some passing showers coming in, but probably a good deal of dry, brighter weather as well. So really by tomorrow, we should start to see significant improvements in our weather conditions. Okay. Okay, thank you very much for being with us. Cahill Nolan from Ireland's Weather Channel. So a few rough hours still to come and even into the evening. Red uh, might go 
might be downgraded from red, but we'll still be into orange. And as Liz was saying from Met Aaron earlier on, we'll be at very least a yellow alert right up until late tonight. Thanks, Cahill, for that. 1850-715-996. Just on overactive bladder. A couple of calls. My son is 14. He's suffering since he was eight. We're still waiting on tests in Crumlin, waiting since October of last year. He was diagnosed with non-neurological bladder. He's so embarrassed and he dreads school. It's not just in women. And I think, in fairness, the professor who was on with me did say that. It's not just in in women. PJ, my mom's 82 and has had Botox injections and is on Betmiga. The doctor says she's hypersensitive to Botox. Initially, she did well, but is as bad as ever now. And being told there's nothing that can be done. Please help. Well, there's not a whole pile that I can... That I can do. John and Cove were saying, why is everything closed down for a puff of wind? Well, response to that was, I'd say, leave it to the experts, the Merchant Navy and our Navy. Uh, COVID doesn't take kindly to ventilation. Surely this storm has a good effect. Love the show. Thanks very much. Not too sure what that actually means. Okay, let's go to the ESP. A very, very busy man, Jim Herwin. Uh, Hernan, rather, is the region, network's regional manager out at the Wilton ESB Centre. Jim, good morning. Good morning, PJ. How are you? A lot. I'm, I'm saying I'm looking at over 3,000 customers out around the city and county now. And I take it that's not yeah. a whole lot you can do for them until the worst of the wind is over. Yeah, well, we, we're actually we're, we're kind of seeing different pictures in different parts of the county, PJ. Uh, I mean, here in Cork at the moment, we actually have some repair crews out working um, in the city. Uh, as I go further west, the weather seems to have deteriorated in the last hour and it is picking up again down there. So absolutely, we're, we're local risk assessment uh, indicates that our own people are safe to respond. We're out there doing that. But uh, certainly west along at the moment, we're just holding people back until the worst of it passes. And as soon as we have that window to get out there, we, we'll be out uh, repairing and making safe and assessing damage. Where are the worst outages at the moment? Well, if I look around the city, Peter, you're spot on on your numbers. Um, we have a big outage in Bishopstown at the moment. So customers in the general area, kind of CIT, Melbourne, that side of Bishopstown. Um, we have an outage in Mayfield. We have some in Ballag Colleague, customers out in Glanmire. Total looking at the city, we have about 18, 20 outages. Uh, those are the big ones. After that, it, it's, it's smaller individual numbers. Mm. Going to the county then, I've probably got the bones of another 2,500 customers out. That's largely West Cork, west along out of here. So I'm looking at Bantry, McCroom, uh, Skibbereen. If I go right the way down to the extreme southwest, we've uh, customers out in Ardgroom, out of Castletown Bear. Mm. Now, does a fault, Jim, show up on your system on a screen or do you need people to call them in? Uh, by and large, PJ, they do show up, absolutely. Um, now, one of the things I would say to, to customers out there, if they don't have supply, um, our PowerCheck app is a great resource. Mm. Get on, if you can use your mobile phone, use a laptop, uh, get on there. You will see the outages that we are aware of and you'll be able to place yourself within those. Um, if you've lost supply and you don't see that on PowerCheck, absolutely ring us in, uh, 1800-372-999. If you do have your MPRM. Oh, is his signal gone off? Oh, he's back, is he? Thanks, Fiona. He's back to me online too. What I was just going to ask you, Jim, before your line dropped there was, uh, in, in, don't approach anything yourself. 
Absolutely, PJ. Look, uh, if you see fallen wires, ring it in. Tell us 1850-372-999. Stay clear. Um, don't approach them. You can't assume just because you've lost power that those wires are not live. They may well be. You should assume they are. Ring it in and we will get an emergency crew out as soon as possible. All right. Thank you very much, Jim Hernan, and uh, the rest of you to yourself and the rest of your crew out uh, running in where we run away. Uh, Thank you for your service and good luck and stay safe. Morning, PJ. Just looking at a flight radar. An app, I presume. Two flights, one from Birmingham, one from Shannon, trying to land in Cork, both Ryanair. Wow. Yeah, I think they they did divert one to Shannon. The Stansted early morning flight into Cork, that diverted to Shannon. I assume it got down. No, no, but the, the, the Birmingham one. Right, quick reminder to you. All the Christmas songs you ever wanted. Now streaming on Cork's 96mas with Bridgestone and Desi's Tires in Blackpool, Little Island, Carrigaline and Vickers Road, doing great deals for almost 40 years. Desi's Tires are open seven days. Streaming now on the Cork's 96FM app or indeed go to 96FM.ie And I forgot this. I'll be killed for this. I forgot to give you the Elton John tune uh, in the last hour. We were quite busy giving you a chance all this week to see Elton John live at Parky Cueve next July, Friday, July 1st, the farewell Yellow Brick Road, the final tour. Our friends at Aiken Promotions have given us two tickets every day. You need to name the song, name the Elton John song. It may be quite simple, but... Text or WhatsApp your name and the name of the song to 083 396 96 96 and stay by your phone because the winner has to come on the air to claim their tickets. It may be quite simple, but... Can we just talk? The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. With McCarthy Insurance Group. Call in person or call them now. They don't just talk the talk, they walk the walk. CMIG.ie Courts 96FM Yeah, we'll check in with the Everyman in just a couple of minutes to see what's happening with their Christmas panto. Of course, all the pantos due to start this week and many of them uh, well sold up to and including Christmas. But with the change in COVID restrictions, particularly on capacity, uh, it's made life difficult. The Coronas have already cancelled tonight's planned second gig at Cork Opera House. But everybody, of course, was wondering what would happen with the Christmas panto. Eileen Gleeson is CEO. Eileen, you've made a decision. You're going to extend the run to try to get everybody in. Good morning. Good morning, PJ. Yeah, we're absolutely delighted to announce this morning that we have found a way to go ahead with our panto. Um, What we're going to do is we're going to increase the number of shows by... 26 shows, which means that we are now in a position to facilitate every ticket holder and uh, go ahead at the 50% restrictions as mandated by the government. So this is really good news. Like it was touch and go for a few days, PJ, as you can imagine, uh, because our show, so, you know, it's it's pretty much sold out. Like there was huge, a huge interest in the show. We put it on sale a couple of months ago uh, when things were looking very bright. Um, so, you know, there was lots of interest. People were really delighted to be going back to the panto. So it, we would have been absolutely devastated to have to, you know, either, you know, choose half yeah. of our audience to not come at all or have to cancel the show or all the other options that we were looking at. Now that's the good news. The obvious question is, if, if I have uh, tickets for a given date uh, and only 50% can go on the date, first of all, how do you choose who gets to be rescheduled or 
How's that going to work? Well, we'll implement a lottery system, which means it'll be very fair across the board. You know, um, the people who will be who will who will need to change dates like we will contact everybody okay? okay so now we have this big we have this big job of work to do now in box office at the moment and that's to contact all of the patrons who have been chosen to move dates now we do have a number of additional dates available so we hope that we can facilitate everybody okay. we know it's going to be really challenging for people and we're just going to ask people to just bear with us we will be in touch with people sure. over the next couple of weeks so, so will it be and I'm, I'm obviously making it way too simple now but Will it be as easy as saying, okay, you were supposed to be with us on the, say, 18th of December. We can only have 50% capacity. Would you rather go on the 2nd of January, the 6th of January, the 7th? Is that how it's going to work? Yeah, I think so. And what we'll try and do is keep keep people in the general kind of... um, in the kind of period that they would have booked in, you know. So if somebody wants to come on the 27th of December, we'll if we have an additional show that day, we'll try and facilitate them on, on the additional show that day or maybe the day before or the day after. Or, you know, a lot of people will have, you know, made their plans around the date, so they may need to go to a different show altogether. We have plenty of availability in January. Like, people might want to wait until after Christmas sure. to come now. Like, it's, you know, we will try and facilitate everybody as much as we can. We know that our panto audiences really like to go to the panto on the dates that they go every year. And that's something we see year after year. So we really will try and respect that. Sure. But I, I mean, this is absolutely a monumental job now, PJ, to move 50% of our audience, yeah. thousands and thousands of people, you know. And yeah. we have a small team. Um, so we're going to be working extremely hard over the next couple of weeks to make this work. Also, we'll be contacting people in order of shows. So if you don't have a show till if you if you don't have tickets till maybe the end of December or January, it may be a week or two before you hear from us. Okay. But please don't panic. You know, we will get in touch. Like we will be completely on top of this. So if, if you've bought tickets, you will see the show. You will see the show if you've bought tickets. Absolutely. We're right. delighted to be able to do this and it's really, really good news for our panto. Indeed. All right. Good good, good news and good luck with the massive job of logistics that you've got now. Good luck with that, Eileen. Thanks, PJ. Thanks so much. Cheers. And of course, uh, all the usual uh, COVID vaccination certs necessary for the adults and IT, IT checks, or ID checks, rather, etc., etc., and queuing systems and all of that. I was in the Opera House when it was a few weeks ago now. Uh, what did I go to? Oh, yeah, I went to see Ross's Ross's show, Ross Brown's show in the Opera House a few weeks ago. And the queuing system that they had there for the bar and the shop, really working well. But of course now, it's down to 50%, so all of the restrictions will have to be followed. But everybody who wants to go to see the show will see the show. Uh, Carl wants to know, can people get a refund? Uh, well, I suppose they can. We want it to be more positive than that. Actually, no, I missed your, I missed your comment at the start. Right, uh, yeah, the development on that uh, Rockdus Health Committee. We told you earlier that they had, because many of the HSC officials have to go to emergency meetings to do with Storm Bora and all of that, the meeting was being curtailed to only an hour. And uh, Councillor Liam Quaid very, was very bothered by the fact that speaking time for everybody was being reduced and there was no notion of when they might make up the time. Uh, Councillor Quaid has now been on to tell us that, in fact, the meeting has now been postponed to a later date, which is good to see. Keep as many of your comments coming as you can. Again, if there's anything that you see that we think we should see. Get back to Dan Boyle and the Green Party. The Green Party are pushing these retrofits. I mentioned that with Dan Boyle when he was on talking about 40 years 
of the Green Party. The Green Party pushed these retrofits, but do any of the TDs think about where we get the money for it? 25 grand just starting out. The grant is so far below that, ordinary people will need to find thousands to make these changes. I don't earn anywhere near enough to get even 500 euro of a loan, and then I have to repay money I can't afford. So what are my options? There are none, unless the Green Party wants to fund all of my retrofit. I doubt that very much. They need to fix what's broken and not add to it. Green Party earns so much money in the government, they've forgotten most of us only earn about 35k a year. How can we take out loans to retrofit houses for the sake of saving 35%? No, my house is so old it'll probably cost me about 100 grand to retrofit. Will the Green Party do that for me? Another one, the Green Party would not be in government if the Fianna Fáil Fine Gael didn't need them. The people just can't afford the cost of the Greens policies. Okay, Carrigaline Senior Citizens Christmas Dinner was to be on at Carrigaline Court. Today it has been cancelled because of the storm. Eileen at the Opera House was saying to the public, please do not contact the box office. Okay, maybe that answers the question from the caller who was wondering, could people get a refund? Do not contact the box office they will be in touch with you. I know it's an old cliche, don't call us, we'll call you. But in this particular case, that's what you need to do. To the Everyman next, and Sophie Motley is their artistic director. Due to open on the 8th, Sophie, is everything going ahead? Good morning. Hi, PJ. Yes, everything is going ahead with our panto, other than the fact that everybody's not in the theatre rehearsing today due to the weather warning. Yeah. Um, but we are, we're on track to have our first performance on Wednesday evening. Now, I think you had, had you anticipated um, capacity issues, so you haven't sold the full house, have you? No, we haven't. Essentially, we're we're in a slightly different situation, and I'm delighted that the Opera House has been able to put on the extra performances because I think everybody was worrying about the potential loss of a panto in the city. But um, we had planned for a, a possible sixty percent um, reduction in capacity. I guess just seeing how everything was going in in the press and with the virus, um, so we were quite cautious and we limited ticket sales at sixty percent really um and what that means is that everybody will get to see the panto uh, it's a very kind of a, a similar story to eileen there really in that everybody will get to see the panto we have saved tickets very close to dates that were over the 50 percent mark and we'll be getting in touch with people to offer them um alternative dates for them to come and see the panto but we have also put on a few extra performances in january so there are still tickets available for the everyman panto yeah. Yeah, it, it was a very worrying few days when the new restrictions were announced. I think there's great credit due to the crew, but your own crew there in the Everyman and the crew across at the Opera House who have put a massive job of logistics in place to make sure people get to see the show. Absolutely. It's been a, it's been mammoth and I must have a massive shout out to our amazing box office teams who've been dealing with all of it really, really fantastically. It's, you know, we all know how important coming to the Panto is for every family at Christmas time. And with all the uncertainty that's been around in the last couple of weeks, you sure you don't want extra uncertainty of will I get in, will I not get in and um, and the box office are working really, really hard mm. to get in contact with everybody to let you know uh, if you've been affected or not um, right. and 
they're yeah they're they're doing brilliantly did you have something scheduled tonight sophie is it open no, we didn't have anything scheduled tonight. We just have panto rehearsals planned for this evening. Um, at the moment, the building's shut uh, and we're all in our houses looking outside at the wind. Um, so we, we didn't have a show planned for this evening, Okay, thankfully. Right. Oh, yeah. stay, st- stay safe. There was a listener on wondering, was there a show this evening? So nothing scheduled at the Everyman this evening except dress rehearsals for the panto. So they'll have to do those at home. That's Sophie Motley, Artistic Director of the Everyman. Previously, Eileen Gleeson, CEO of the Art House. Both of the pantos in the city are going ahead uh, with capacity restrictions enforced. At the Opera House, if you've bought tickets, they will contact you and offer you alternatives. They've put on 23 extra shows and they will contact you about rearranging your tickets. And, and the Everyman had taken a capacity limit into effect or into account when they were booking. They'll also put on some extra shows. Absolutely great to see both of our city pantos going ahead. And I know that people are worried about COVID and the spread of COVID. I know. But it is still great to see our entertainment industry trying at least and doing its level best to get the Christmas pantos on. Because last Christmas wasn't like a Christmas at all with no panto. One thing that is a big part of Christmas, the legendary Santa Calls on Cork's 96FM with Casey and Ross in the morning. They're booking them in right now. And for your chance to get a call, you need to go to 96FM.ie right now and fill out that form. It's Casey and Ross's Santa Calls, brought to you by McCarthy's Interiors and Gift Shop, Douglas and Ballancolic Shopping Centres. Call them now for festive bedding, gifts and decor. Or see their website, mccarthys.ie, and stay listening, because we could be calling you on Cork's 96 FM. Can we just talk? The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. With McCarthy Insurance Group. Call them now for motor, home, business, farm, life and health insurance. CMIG.ie. Cork's 96FM. Good morning to the boys and girls of the proc. They are alive this morning. They've been very quiet for a while, but they're alive this morning. Uh, Giving out... Hello, Jimmy. Giving out that I was saying the storm was doing more to combat the spread of COVID than the government had been doing and giving out to me for claiming that as someone was, Jimmy, 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 we're having a laugh. You can't laugh, you cry. You know, it was a bit like the photographs going around last night of empty shelves. Someone said even the crappy brown bread that no one likes is gone. And then the list of emergency contacts. I thought, I threw my head back and laughed at this. The list of emergency contacts that went around last night. Galvin's off license, hillbillies, Lennox's, Dino's, KC's and Forrester. You gotta laugh. Like. I'll give you one more listen to our Elton John song for today. And stand by your phone because we will be calling a winner soon. And you need to take my call. So the last chance. What's the name of this song? It may be quite simple, but... All right. That name and your name to 083 396 96 96 for a chance to win tickets to see Elton at Parky Cueve on the 1st of July 2022 with thanks to our friends at Aiken Promotions. Now, one thing you might like to do today, this evening, tonight, while the storm is raging outside is maybe sit in and play a board game. 
possibly even by candlelight. Uh, Emer Kelly, uh, good morning, Emer from Tabletop. Uh, how are you doing? Hi, PJ. Good, thank you. How are you? Good. You're based down in, in West Cork and Bantry these days. Of course, people uh, may remember you had the, the cafe based in Castle Street, Tabletop Cork, and then that unfortunately folded, and you're off down in, in uh, Bantry, and you'll be having a, a pop-up shop in Merchant's Quay. Board games are as popular as ever. Yes, most certainly. And actually, we realized that when we when we opened the board game shop last week, um, I suppose we kind of we've always been itching to get back to the city after we closed after the first lockdown. So we were like, you know what, let's give um, let's give an all pop up shop a bit of a go and see if the interest is still there. And it most certainly is. We've had so many of our old regulars in mm. and lots of new people just kind of passing by and really interested in the array of board games that are available outside of what we would all have considered, yeah. you know, the normal board games from our youth. I, I look at the favourites in a minute and the ones that are big for 2021, 2022, but the classics, they, they still sell. They do. Now, we actually, we don't focus on the classics so much because... We kind of feel, do you know what? You can get them in so many other shops. So we kind of focus on the ones that people might not necessarily find on their mother and father's shelf at home. So we kind of go for ones that are like slightly a bit more interesting, but both for kids and adults. So all the way up from, you know, three years to, to 103, pretty much. So what's a great game I might not have heard of, say? Well, like we would have a really nice selection of board games from this game company called Haba. They're a German game company and their whole ethos is kind of focusing on games that are educational, inclusive and non-plastic. So most of the game components are wooden, which I think really appeals to parents. I'm a parent now myself and I know how easy it is for bits and bobs to break and get lost and you're mm. trying to figure out what goes at what game. So it's really nice for their ones that you have these really sturdy wooden pieces. Um, and they kind of generally have games that have like a slight educational aspect to them, mm-hmm. but without feeling like it's educational. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like in a world of flashing lights and internets and screens and tablets and pads and pods and phones... Do children still mm-hmm. love a good old-fashioned board game? Totally. Like, there's something really kind of mindful and relaxing about just sitting down across the table from someone and just focusing on on the here and now. Um, and then, like, there's also, like, there's all of the, like, party-style games. Like, you may have heard of, like, 30 Seconds or yes. something. And it just kind of, with these party games, like these kind of like adult party games, it really gets you, it gets you to relax. It gets you to do the kind of laughing that you wouldn't be doing in your everyday life. You know, it kind of, it just shakes things up a bit. I had an experience at a a party a year or two ago where a friend pulled this board game out and he said, Les, you've never heard of this, but trust me, send the kids out of the room and we'll have a good adult laugh. It was a, a card, a bit like Trivial Pursuit, but it was filthy. 
<laughs> yeah and that's it like it's it's really nice to have those like proper belly laughs again that like we so rarely get a chance to have yeah, yeah. you know especially like without drink being involved well I wouldn't go quite that far <laughs> but yeah I get, I get that point I, I, I get that so for Christmas what's selling well uh, from your collection so we so we kind of have a few core suppliers that we really focus on. Um, so as I mentioned earlier, there's the, the Halloween one, ones yeah. for, for the younger players. Yeah. And then there's also another crowd called Big Potato Games, and they're based in the UK and they're a small game company. And they really focus on the party style games. So their ones are always massive hits. So like they have one called Scrawl, which is if you're looking for a filthy game, this is this is quite filthy. <laughs> so it's kind of like you'll you'll it's like Chinese whispers, but with drawing. But they're mm-hmm. generally quite filthy drawings. So I'm not going to mention it on air. But uh, you'll have a you'll have a card. I'll have a word on it. I or, you know, an action or something. I need to draw that. And then I pass my drawing on to the next person. They need to try and guess what it is. And they write that down on their board and then their board passes on. And it kind of goes around in Chinese whispers. Uh, but uh, that, it's that, very that, funny. That, like you'll get you'll fun. get some really hilarious. I'm sure <laughs> yeah, you will. Exactly. You um, are down in West Cork at the moment, Emer. How How bad was it this morning and how bad is it now? Like it's it's very windy. <laughs> we're we're actually up at like up on the top of of quite a big hill. There's like a viewing point just up the road from us. So we were expecting like atrocious winds, but so far it's it's been manageable. Um like I know there was some flooding down in Bantry Town, there always is. Mm. But I haven't heard of any serious damage yet. Our biggest concern at the moment is we have chickens that we got about a month ago so my partner was out checking on the chicken coop every half an hour making sure that they're safe yeah um but no like we've like the electricity was out for about half an hour or so but fair play to the ESB they got it straight back up again brilliant so yeah all safe from what I've from what I've heard so far well stay as safe as you can when is the shop open in Merton's Key so we're well we should be open right now, yeah. but the shopping centre is closed today. So we're going to be there until the 24th of December. And we're open every day except for Sunday. Excellent. All right. Emer, good luck with it. Uh, some great board games. Some very uh, adult board games. Out. You wouldn't know how many adult board games out there actually until you go looking for them. 1850 All right. It may be quiet. John, how do I pronounce that name? Coolahan? Coolahan. Coolahan in Ballancolic. John, what's the song? Your song. The song is your song. Who would you like to take to Parky Grieve with you? I'll take my wife, Eileen. That might be a very good start. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, you and Eileen are heading off on the 1st of July, thanks to our friends at Aiken Promotions to see Elton John. Have you ever seen him before? I haven't, no. You're in for an absolute treat. It'll be my third time. And you Our are in for absolutely, he's wonderful. He's just a wonderful, wonderful performer. It's a great night music. Enjoy when it comes around and stay safe. How are things out in Ballancolic now? Are they blustery? It's windy. 
It's yeah. windy now, yeah, and we had a little bit of rain a while ago, but it's it's not that bad. Okay, okay, Thank much. God. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it, it does. It seems it seems to have uh, been been less violent than we were afraid of. Thanks, John. I'll give you back to him there, Fiona. Uh, he's our latest winner. You can hear the window going outside behind me now because it is bad. It is bad, and yet another bad up in North Cork. Very severe gusts in North Cork. Says Jerry. Kevin also saying the same. Very bad up in North Cork. Has it missed the city? The second wave of it, have it missed the city? We don't really know, do we? Uh, power is out now in Rushbrook. So we've got a lot of power out. And what they said with the ASB, they'll come to you. They will come to you. Don't attempt to touch anything, just in case it might be live. Just because something hasn't got sparks coming out of it does not mean it isn't live. Don't touch anything. Assume that it's live. 1850 715996. Can we just talk? The opinion line on Cork's 96 FM. With McCarthy Insurance Group. Call in person or call them now. They don't just talk the talk, they walk the walk. CMIG.ie. I have a few little people on standby here that would... Ah, yes! They want to ask you the question. Ah, I'd love to hear from them. Okay, let's go. Does your grandma knit the Christmas jumpers you wear on the Late Night Toy Show? Ooh, good question. Nice question, Robin. Uh, No, uh, the the jumpers are... They're they're knitted by people who despise me. How's it going? My name is Paul, and I'm 33. Good enough. Can you ask Ryan Tuberty how does he pull all those gorgeous women? What a great question, Paul. That's a great great question, Paul. Um, I think we'll... (laughs) <laughs> I think I think Paul is a, thought he was talking to a different presenter. Casey and Ross in the morning with Lowell DC Cars Blackpool for Skoda in the city. Now taking orders for 221 and always open 24-7 at NoLDC.com. Corks 96 FM. Let me give you a list of random names here. Jerry Adams, Bertie Ahern, Mary Costello. Let's go down through it again. Uh Catherine Donnelly, Professor Dermot Ferreter, James Leonard, Sean O'Sullivan, Michelle O'Neill, Louise O'Neill. They're all people who have, at one point or other in their lives, reached a turning point. And essays about those turning points in their lives have now been put into a lovely book put together by the staff and teachers at uh, Hamilton High in Bandon. Rob Honahan joins me. Rob, good morning. Hi PJ, how are you? Good. I haven't had much time to go through it. I only got it yesterday, but the, the little bit of dipping in and out of it I've done. It's a lovely book. Congratulations on it. Where'd the idea come from? Uh, to be honest, uh, the original idea came from uh, many years ago there. I was in my cousin's house and I came across a book from a, a national school up in Leitrim where the students had written to former GA players, asked them about the three biggest regrets they had in their career. And it was a lovely book, but I just thought it, the idea always stuck with me. I just thought it was genius. And uh, we needed to fundraise in the school then. We needed to upgrade our pitch. We wanted to astroturf some of our pitch inside. And as you know, there with COVID, all the traditional fundraising methods were, you know, they just weren't practical. So we just, I, the teachers there, all the teachers who were involved in sports and extracurricular activities in the school, we met up talking about fundraising. And I forwarded that idea. I said, I think it'd be a good idea. And another teacher, Kieran Collins, suggested maybe t- ask, getting something positive, asking about the turning point in their lives. And, you know, that's where the idea sort of yeah. grew from there then. Yeah. It's it's a browse. It's a book that you can pick up and 
flick through the contents and go, ah, I'll read that story today. It's, it's, it's a very easy read. And what are you raising funds for? There's, uh, we have uh, our pitch inside, you know, by November there, if, like if we get a lot of rain, a lot of time we can't use it, you know. So that limits the students, you know, and what they can do at lunchtime, uh, sometimes even with PE and just training after school as well. A lot of times we have to travel maybe down to Bandon GA, which is on the other side of the town, you know. So that's a big walk, you know. Uh, so now we want to AstroTurf uh, part of the pitch in the school and then it'll be available all year round for the students. We won't have to go anywhere. Uh, and it'll really make it'll make an enormous difference to the school. Right. Now, where is the book on sale? Uh, well, the book is on sale. Like, it's 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 kind of, it's on sale all over the place, really. Like, you can get it, if, if anybody wants to order it, they can order online from the Hamilton High School uh, website. Then it's in bookshops in Bandon Books. It's in Hickey, Hickey's Bookstore in Bandon. It's in the Balavorny Bookshop, Bookshop in McCroom, Cocklands in Clonakilty, and in Cork City. It's in Vibes and Scribes and Waterstones. It's also in the bookstore in Carrigline. There's a lot of other places as well around uh, Timaleague Centre in Shannon, in the centre there, you know, in O'Muracoos, in Kilbritton, in the post office in Kilbritton, Kilimartra, Ballancolig. Sure. It's in Enniskeen in the centre. It's all, look, I could keep going. It's in loads of places. If anybody, just keep an eye out for yeah. it there in their locality. Like you other, others by, in uh, there, you've got the Nevid Maguire's written for you, Mary McAleese has written for you, Christy Moore, loads. It's, there's, it's a really, is a broad spectrum. Like, it's, it's every kind of person. There are some politicians, some entertainers, some sports people. It's, it's a, a superb book, and I congratulate you on it. It's out now. Thank you. Thanks very much. Thanks very much. Originally, actually, the teachers ourselves, we were going to, you know, it really was a joint project between the teachers and the students. The teachers, originally, we had said we would just send it to sports people. But then we had discussions in class with the students and they actually thought that we should send it, casting it uh, further, so to speak, like that we should go for people from all different walks of life. They said it would make, you know, a better Christmas present, you know, be a better seller, which I suppose at the end of the day is what it's about and uh, we followed our advice and we're glad that we did yeah. well you've done each other proud it's a great great publication from Hamilton High in Bandon that's Rob and the book is called Turning Points it's, it, it actually would make a lovely Christmas gift uh, for somebody because it's one of these things you can leave it on a coffee table and just pick it up and read it, an essay out of it now and again well done Rob and everybody down there it's, everyone yeah, thank you loads of people saying it's great to be able to hear us today that normally working and in particular normally out working thanks for that cove is gone electricity gone in cove and by all accounts not going to be back for quite some time it's a major fault so it's just add that to the long list of places that have no power and here's hoping that they'll get it back eventually the esb electric people they will go out as soon as it's safe to do so as soon as it is safe to do so they will be out and they'll get you sorted this over three and a half thousand homes out around the city and county. So they'll get to you when it's safe to do so. The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM.